You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson and it is 8.04am and it has come time for us to do our next quiz question. Of course, you go in the draw when you answer. Um, we've been having actually, um, you know, a number, quite a number of texts um, coming through with answers for our questions. You go in the draw at quarter to nine on Friday this week. The last draw we have for the year and we're giving away two prizes. Take it away, please, Lawson, with our next quiz question. All right, next quiz question. Here we go. Simply this. What book comes after Acts? If you know the answer, hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to text and you'll go into the draw for just an amazing book. We have these two commentaries on the book of John, which we want to give to you absolutely for free. They were written by James Gilly called God for Us, according to John. From So it covers John... 1 to 12 is one book, and then 13 to 21 is the next book. Getting into, like, just one of the most beautiful Gospels covering the life of Jesus. It's actually for you, Danuta, and for Producer Shell as well, your favorite (laughs) books. Now, I'm an Acts guy. You know, that's, that's, that's my. You like the book of Acts. That's right. So I actually know the answer to this one. What book comes after Acts? I know the answer to that one. Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to text if you know the answer. 0491-064-669 is the number to text. You know why I'm laughing? What? Because I almost thought for a moment there I actually gave the answer away. Yeah. But I'm sure not. But I'm laughing didn't, while you're just holding your face all straight. I'm, and just I'm a genius, about- guys. It was it was perfect segue into segue into segue. It all connected together, and it was just your doubt that that led to that led to that. <laughs> hey, what no, book comes no, after Acts? My, again. If you know the answer, 0491064669. And again, you can go into the draw to win God with us. Now, that will be drawn on Friday at 8.45. So you have some opportunities until then, a whole week of quiz questions for you can win from. Absolutely. And, of course, just before we went to our new segment, we had a fantastic interview there with Dr. Justin Jackson. Mm. Um, talking about families and the importance of, you know, families being together and particularly around the dinner table. And he was just saying about mm. the impact of family or ch- uh, the impact that it has on children um, and teenagers if they come from a family where there has been divorce or second time mm. divorce. We've received a text here from David is saying, I'm born in 1963, married in 19. Whoops, we've got te- a text coming through and it's jumping around. I'm born in 1963, married 1986, and in 1994 at my place of work, my mum came and told me that my dad moved out, so they separated that afternoon. Because mm. of the news, I was hit by a car and on a com- on compo for two years. Wow. So um, in, what I'm really seeing with this is that, and we're sorry to hear, David, you know, it was obviously the impact of that news, you you know, it was, was affecting, you know, mm. how you're thinking and not, not concentrating on, perhaps on some things and not being aware of what was actually happening in the fact that, you know, there was this car coming and it hit you and mm. you're on compo for two years. And, you know, I know, you know, coming from a home, both of us here, we were just shared this morning, haven't we, Lawson, that we've both come from homes where um, there's been divorce. Mm. And it does have impact on us yeah. emotionally, physically, um, you know, um, in, in all sorts of ways, emotionally mm. especially, and that and psychologically, doesn't it? 
Um, mm. The good news that David writes here is today my parents still get on with each other, living five minutes away from each other. So, well, that's mm. good to hear, David, and we're, we're um, happy to hear that you're doing well, that you're married, and things are going well there for you now as well. Mm. But And, Doctor, you know, sitting around the table, Dr. Justin Jackson said it has impact in so many ways. It actually affects your school results, doesn't it? It affects mm. your self-esteem your self-worth, and actually looking at it, it says better nutrition, increased self-esteem, better academic performance, greater sense of resilience, lower risk of drug and alcohol abuse, lower risk of teen pregnancy, lower risk of depression, lower likelihood of developing eating disorders and lower rates of obesity. Mm. That's a huge list, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that it's fantastic that we can see very clearly it's it's community that enables better health. You know, yeah. when we're happier, when we're Sense feeling better, then we do tend to create and stick to healthier habits and whatnot. And I got to say, for for myself, it was it was around the time that my parents split up that also I became Christian, and it was it was a difficult time. It was a mm. difficult time for my family. It was there's a lot of hurt, a lot of heartache. I, I really praise God that my family and particularly my parents are, are cordial now. You know, they we can spend time as a family together. They're not cool. they're not together. They're still split up, but there there is some healing that's taken place, and there the, the tensions and whatnot have definitely lowered since you know since that time that it was fresh. But I was so blessed during that time as well by the church community. Beautiful. And I was so blessed. It became by your finding, other family. Yeah, by finding belonging there. And that's the thing. It's like, my my parents never didn't love me. Like they mm. they love me. They care about me. But because of that situation, it's 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 a fact that we were there was so much instability. Mm. Yet I was able to find stability in the church. Beautiful. I was able to find stability. Even, you know, I, I think back to that time, you know, early in, early in my Christian journey. And it, there's so many different people, Joseph and Camilla, the amazing people. We've had Joseph here on the breakfast show this morning, uh, or not this morning, but at times as well, mm. uh, filling in and Joseph, you know, being a part of their church and whatnot and Beautiful. having an amazing time. Even times, you know, when I got into working for the church early in the piece and even living with, with, uh, producer Shell and Lyle living at their place. Oh, and, you had to, have uh, to yeah. had to put up with him. Yeah. <laughs> for a month. <laughs> unfortunately, but unfortunately for them. But just like all of these different periods of my life, where it was, I was very convicted that I wanted to do the work of God. That's not necessarily my family's ideals because they're not Christians. There was a time of instability, but throughout all of that, I was able to find stability. I was able to find a home with people in the church, and I've just been so overwhelmingly blessed. And so I guess what I can share with the listeners in regards to this topic is wholeheartedly the conviction that, hey, you might feel unstable. Well, firstly, God is the rock, the foundation that we can build on, Mm. but also he can put people around us to give us some level of stability if we're willing to to let him in and to let him work and to pray, hey, God, I need help. Mm. He will provide it. Yeah, beautiful thing, isn't that? Mm. And and it's that quality time that you have with each other where mm. connections are built deeper and deeper. And I don't know, I mean, sometimes have you ever found that when you're having people over who are believers, mm. you know, that the conversation over time around a dinner table actually sways from going from general conversation, every day-to-day stuff to a deep spiritual conversation? Yeah. Have you found that? And so there's, there's this sense of what happens within the conversations and the connecting, like you said. But laughter, that was one of the things yeah. that Dr. Justin, 
Justin pointed out, is that it's a time where there is laughter. Yeah. And, of course, that then releases endorphins into the body, which is really hugely important for our well-being. Yeah. And so there's a whole package of stuff in there mm. that actually brings that about, you know, as to why having family meals together is really important. And, in fact, like often I found myself in situations in which I'm like one of the only Christians there, like at the dinner table, and yet because of my influence and just going into those situations prayerfully as well and say, God, just use me to be a light for you, yep. those those conversations, those spiritual conversations, those important conversations can bubble to the surface. And all mm. of a sudden you're talking with these people who might not have been interested in spiritual things. All of a sudden they're asking questions and they're interested because of your influence. And mm. so it's amazing. You can find comfort in spending time with other believers. And it's like, oh, it's amazing that, that I can just unwind and, mm. and we can talk about you know, real stuff. But then simultaneously, maybe you're looking towards a situation this Christmas where it's like, oh, maybe I am one of the only Christians. Maybe it is a, maybe a little bit volatile, a little bit contentious. But if we're just walking with Christ those amazing situations and those amazing circumstances and moments can actually take place as well. Absolutely. Look, we'd love to hear from you. What what if, you know, have you had those family times, uh, you know, around the dinner table? When has that particularly been significant? Where does your mind go back to and what kind of memories have you got that are really special memories of those times around the dinner table? Text us in on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. We would love to hear from you. Mm. What is it? What is it? What are those special memory moments that you've had yes. from, um, you know, dinner table talk and those a family time together around the table? Maybe it is the in your case lasagna, smell of lasagna. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's the colourful food that's on there, but maybe it's the kind of conversations. That's and what right. are what are some of those conversations that have been really significant for you? around the dinner table yeah. we'd love to hear even coming up to christmas as well those yes. times at christmas yeah i i can say like i i've really come to enjoy christmas after a period of time i guess because of the issues in my family i really disliked christmas i was like i don't want to spend time here and now i've come to like in the last couple of years especially i am so looking forward to spending time with my family so yeah Super. yeah if you guys have experiences like that let us know you're listening to the breakfast show Connect with us on 0491-064-669. Hey, it's come time now for our Bible study time. Mm. We always love delving into God's Word in yes. a deep way. And this week we're actually looking at Esther and Mordecai. It's continuing in our series looking at God's mission, my mission. And the story of Esther and Mordecai is really quite important. And so here we're actually unpacking about the importance of cross-cultural ministry. Wow. And yesterday we actually looked at the book of Daniel, to, um, Daniel chapter 1, Daniel chapter 3, Daniel mm. chapter 6, which are the historical sections of, uh, of the book of Daniel. And we actually looked at that background of the fact of, you know, of how basically King Nebuchadnezzar, um, you know, over, overtook, um, here we go. In verse 1 of chapter 1, it says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into mm. his hand. Some of the articles, and it goes on. And so then they actually took some of the children of Israel and they took them captive back, mm. you know, to, to Babylon. So they were, um, and so here what we actually find there as we actually then move into the story of Esther and Mordecai is that some of the Jews actually then went back to their homeland mm. under the rise of uh, the Medo-Persian Empire, which yep. actually came after Babylon. Of course, Daniel chapter 2 covers the different kingdoms. Mm -hmm. 
And the Medo-Persians, you know, conquered um, uh, Babylon, of mm. course, what we find. And many of them re- actually re- re- returned to their their ancestral homes, you can actually say. But there were some that actually stayed there, didn't they? Yeah. Um, Lawson. Yeah, that's right. Well, there the return back to Jerusalem was progressive. That's there right. were some people who ended up staying in that area. There was people who ended up, or, or Jewish people who ended up out in Egypt, and but yeah, it was progressive over time. But it it wasn't until the era of Nehemiah where you sh- saw a big flood back to Jerusalem. Which Once is why it, there was the rebuilding of the that's walls. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You had finally seen the 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 majority of the diaspora that were across the Middle East at that time yeah. heading back to Jerusalem. But at this time in the book of Esther, under King Ahasuerus, there, there is, you know, most of the Jews would be living under Medo-Persian rule in that particular area. Mm. Jerusalem hadn't been reestablished yet. Mm-hmm. And so that means, it, well, it sets up this situation in which there is a, a woman named Esther who is has the potential, because she's living in that area, who has the potential to become the, the queen of the, of Medo-Persia, which is just an amazing story. And we'll get to, probably get to throughout the week, even save her people. But yeah, we pick it up in Esther chapter 2, and starting in verse 1, mm. where the Bible says, After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done, and what had been decreed against her. Then the king's servants who attended him said, let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom that they may gather all the beautiful young virgins to Shishan, the citadel, into women's quarters under the custody of Haggai, the king's eunuch, custodian of the women, and let beauty preparations be given. Then let the young woman who ple- let the young woman who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. This thing pleased the king, and he did so. Now, just quickly stopping here, giving some introduction to this particular scenario that's going on. You've got this guy. Ahasuerus. And before this point, he's decided to have what, I think it's like a six month long party or a year long mm. party just to, just to celebrate how cool he is. Do you, do you think that's a, a thing of noble character to do? <laughs> to just get drunk for six months because you're like really, really cool? Yeah, well, obviously not. And then, well, and this, in this case, the Bible tells, shows us that it wasn't his wife didn't even want to come over to see yeah, him, eh? <laughs> that's right. Well, and then he says, hey, guys, fellas, you know, some of the other governors and some of the other kings from different nations. He's like, fellas, let me show you off my beautiful smoking hot wife. And then she's just like, I don't want to be no. there. <laughs> like, like you are she's a like- drunk mess. And as a result, he decides to make a decree, which is pretty significant in Medo Persia because they had this rule that if something is decreed, it can't be undone. That that's exactly right, you know. And they would often, you know, and they would also in those days seal it with the seal of the king. That yeah. when there were certain laws that would, you know, um, come through as well. But yeah, in those days, particularly if the king demanded something, it had to be done. You cannot say no. And furthermore, <laughs> not even the king. If it was sealed, I love you brought up the seal there. If it was sealed, it couldn't go back on. It couldn't go back. It on couldn't at be all. deleted even by the king himself or by further future kings. That mm. was like Medo-Persian law. And so he decrees while drunk. He's like, "Yep, 
I'm going to get rid of my wife. I'm going to divorce her and throw her out. And then he, it says here his rage subsided, his drunkenness subsides, and he realized, oh, wait, I actually have to do it. I actually have to get rid of her. And so as a result, then here, which is such a stitch up for this lady, Queen Vashti, like, again, she just doesn't want to be like, you know, shown around like a plaything, and now she's kicked out as a result of well, it. Well, not only that, we don't we don't actually know much about Vashti before mm. this, but what we assume is that she was a loyal wife to him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That she was loyal to him, and she, you know, she was there for him in every way. Because this is the only incident that we're told that she didn't actually follow his yeah. orders. It doesn't say the Bible doesn't say she's evil. The Bible doesn't no, say she's nothing. a terrible person. But okay. We have this take place, and now all of the the people working with the king, for the governors and and whatnot, they're like, okay, we need to find the king a new wife. Essentially, this is a this is like a, a, a king wants a wife type yeah. deal. So they send out all <laughs> rather these, than the farmer wants that's a wife. Right. You know, it's, the series the, we watch. The, uh, you know, King Ahasuerus <laughs> wants a wife. So they send out all of these servants into these various areas that are governed by the Medo Persian Empire to find him a wife. And it continues on in verse 6. It says, In Shishan, the citadel, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jer, the son of Shimi, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem. This is what we're talking about mm. with Daniel, with the captives who had been captured with Jeconiah, the king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And Mordecai had brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman was lovely and beautiful. When her father and mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. So it was when the king's command and decree were heard, and when many young women gathered at Shishan, the citadel, under the custody of Haggai, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace into the care of Haggai, the custodian of the woman. Now the young women the young woman, I should say, pleased him, and she obtained his favor. So he readily gave her beauty preparations to her besides her allowance. Then seven choice maid servants were provided for her from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maid servants to the best place in the house of the women. Wow, hey. So fascinating stuff. There's so much packed in those last few verses that you've actually read there, right there. And what we find in verse, um, verse uh, seven that says really clearly indicates she was, she was the daughter of uh, Mordecai's uncle's daughter. So in other words, she was his cousin. Mm, absolutely. Okay. So they were very closely related, but he took her in not as a cousin. He actually took her in as his own daughter, we're mm. told here, which is really beautiful. But let's go back even to verse five. It says in Sushan, the citadel, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of um, Jah, the son of Shammai, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. Mm. Okay, so just some background here, of course. Benjamite, we're looking back at the time of Jacob. Mm. You know, um, Joseph, the common story that many people know, it was one of the sons of Jacob, the 12 sons of Jacob. And, of course, Benjamin was the youngest. Um, he was the brother of mm. Joseph. So here there was also, you know, um, over time that we've got all the tribes of uh, of of Jacob, mm. you know, the 12 tribes of mm. Jacob. And so here we've actually got, moving on, you know, centuries later, we've actually got the son of Kish, a Benjamite, was carried away to Jerusalem, so a captive, and... Um, and of course, the Mordecai Mordecai's from that family. Mm. So what we do know is that for generations, this family has been faithful. 
Mm. Haven't they? They've been faithful to God and so they've been following God's ways. Mm. And this is really significant within the story of Esther and Mordecai, isn't it? Mm. Because here's the thing. She's been brought up then by Mordecai in his home where they are following God's ways, where they're in amongst in the Medo Persian, you know, empire in this Persian Mm. empire where, where their beliefs are so different and where the culture is completely different. But here's the thing, you know, even though they were, they were within, you know, the Persian Empire for some time for, for, for those generations from the, from when they were, um, captives, you know, sort of, sort of the, the grandparents and grandparents. Here's the thing is that they're still following God's ways mm. no matter what. And this has a real impact, doesn't it, further in the story that we're going to keep on unpacking um, further this week. But we're seeing, seeing, seeing here in verse 7 that she was, um, she was lovely and she was beautiful. Mm. So she was attractive to the king. Yeah. And what we know too is that she was a virgin because they were actually taking virgin. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Time for our last quiz question for today. They've all been really short ones. That's been the theme throughout our quiz questions today. Take it away, Lawson. Hey, simply this, guys. True or false? The Bible says that Jesus was born in December. 0491-064-669 is the number to text you the answer. If there's anyone who knows the answer to this, actually, Danuta, it's you. You, you, you would definitely know the answer to this. I think many people would know the answer to this. Again, 0491-064-669. True or false? The Bible says that Jesus was born in December. If you know the answer to this one, you'll go into the draw to win God for us to, um, God for us and God with us. Two amazing books. One covering John 1 to 12, the other covering John 13 to 21, getting into the amazing picture of Jesus that we see in the book of John and how he is with us, he is for us, he is working and doing amazing things on this earth and would also you know, live, die, resurrect and return to heaven. It's just uh, basically a commentary getting into the amazing things in John, which is absolutely needed. Again, that number 0491-064-669. True or false, the Bible says that Jesus was born in December. Mm-hmm. And we've been studying about Esther and Mordecai today, and today we're looking specifically at being in a foreign court, mm. as in what we're talking about the book um, about Esther. And of course, we've just read Esther chapter two, verse one to nine. And we found that the king Ahasuerus actually asked his wife, you know, Vashti to actually come. He was, you know, keen. He, he was, he was wanting to show her off, you could say, but mm. you know, he's pretty drunk, you know, um, yeah, he'd been partying and she didn't want to come along. And basically, so his, his servants actually said, why don't you actually get some young virgins and get yourself a new wife? And mm. Esther was one of those that was uh, brought forward. And we read in verse seven of chapter two that Mordecai had brought up Hadassah, that is Esther in uncle, um, his uncle's daughter. She was lovely and beautiful and he took her in as her own daughter and she was taken into the king's palace. And so here mm. we find this young Jewish girl. In a foreign palace. Mm. 
Okay. And so we're going to actually look at it even further because we're talking here today about multicultural ministry. Mm. Okay. And so we're going, you know, thinking like, you know, does she or will she, you know, preach to the king? Will she preach to those in the courts? What does she do? Or is it by her actions that she really lives the life that represents Jesus and her beliefs? And so here we go. We're actually going to look at Esther chapter 2 and verse 10 and 20 as well. Mm. Can you read those for us, please? So verse 10, the Bible says, Esther had not revealed her people or family, for Mordecai had charged her not to reveal it. And we see that earlier when Mordecai says to her, hey, you know, don't. Uh, but then later as well, we see in verse 20, the Bible says, now Esther had not revealed her family or her people, uh, just as Mordecai had charged her, for Esther obeyed the command of Mordecai as when she was brought up by him. So we see here that she, throughout this chapter, chapter two, by the way, the book of Esther is so Cool. Oh, like love it's it. such a cool story. This is like th- imagine this is a movie scene. Like this poor Jewish foreign captives whose parents have died mm-hmm. is now being like pampered and prepared to be potentially the wife of the king. Potentially, like, that's right. Like this is an amazing, amazing story. But we see here that uh she's told by Mordecai not to reveal her background. And the big question is like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why would this be such an important thing for her to do? And, and furthermore, you know, what what is it? What what can it teach us? What can it show us? But do you have any thoughts on this, Danuta? Why is it that she is to keep her background a secret? Well, the thing is, the th- there's a combination of reasons that could come into this, but I also mm. think here what we find is that you know there was hostility between you know mm. uh, the the Jews and the, and the and the Persians, and they were treated differently. I guess you know that's why we also have the story back in Daniel, mm. for instance, the story in during the Babylonian Empire where, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were actually thrown into the fiery Mm. furnace. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den and it was all because of their beliefs. Mm. So this is all surrounding about their beliefs and following God rather than the ways of of the um, the nation there and and the king's ways, okay? Yeah. Because the king, of course, was so significant, and and that it was about man's ways versus God God's mm. ways. And here she is choosing, and Mordecai choosing to follow God's ways. Mm. And so, um, yeah, and, and their lives were were being threatened. They were they were you know mm. they were. Yeah, the lives were being threatened in the fact that they're being Jews. Yet, what's really interesting here too, it, it seems that that Mordecai was actually, you know, a, one that was actually quite a significant and prominent person because he was actually considered as perhaps a royal officer sitting at yes. the gate, and therefore he was already basically somehow linked with, you know, the king and yeah. and the palace. But he, they did not know that he was Jewish, well, and therefore he's saying, "Don't also share it either." I'm, I'm just wondering about that. I don't know if they don't know he's Jewish. I'm, I'm, I'm. I was under the impression that they did know that he was Jewish, and he was willing to reveal that, particularly in the next chapter. In the next chapter, he yeah, does, yeah, that's right. But uh, that being said, regarding, I, I think it also has to do with influence politically, yes, uh, and what's happening here, because if if the there was lots of thought when marrying someone regarding, oh, where do these people come from? And therefore, should they be married? Now, if for uh, Mordecai, 
you know, he he's Jewish and for Esther, she's Jewish. And for the king, Ahasuerus, if he's marrying this woman who he realizes is a foreigner. That's right. To give the, and, and she becomes the queen, there then has to be a lot of consideration regarding, oh. For, for the further ones that are foreigners That's well. right. It's like, okay, now this foreigner has some level of influence because now they have become a part of royalty. Mm. So therefore, should we go through with this? Would it just be easier for us to marry someone who's of our own? own uh, race and of our own nationality because you don't have to have necessarily, you know, those those um, conflict of interests don't really exist. But it's also really important to this story because we'll come to find out the fact that she gains this influence mm. is actually key in her being able to save her people. And so it was really important for Mordecai. He's like, hey, look, there could be some contention regarding this. There could be some some contention rising to the service that will actually limit your ability to have influence here. Uh, I don't think necessarily regarding a widespread hate against Jews, that will become evident later as a result. That's right. Um, of, of Haman. Haman. Who, but, you know, that's because of his own difficulties because he's an Agagite. There's some mm-hmm. terrible history there between himself and between the Jews. But up until this point, it's like, hey, keep it a secret so that we can find ourselves in a position of influence. And the reason they want to find themselves into a position of influence is to positively benefit God's mission, which will be eventually to try and reestablish the nation, of, well, the city mm. of Jerusalem mm. and then and the, the region of Judea so that eventually the Messiah would mm. come. So I think it was very, you know, wise. It was, I think, if mm. anything, the Holy Spirit was working here mm. to give Mordecai some wisdom to mm-hmm. say, hey, let's keep this a secret so we can find mm. ourselves in these positions of influence. Love that, yeah. Which I think as we're talking about mission to the unreached. And cross-cultural ministry. Cult, co- cross-cultural yeah. ministry. I think it's it can be a valuable thing. I know that I've at times had conversations with people and they've been very good conversations and then eventually you know it comes up oh Lawson what do you do what are you about and I'm like I'm a Christian I work in radio I'm studying to be a minister and people are kind of shocked they're like oh but Lawson you're just like a cool normal you're one of us you're you're just like a you're just like a normal guy and this is like again not everyone thinks that Christians are weird but particularly maybe for people who are from really really secular backgrounds I've been able to bridge those gaps and find myself in places of influence not by hiding that I'm a Christian but by being tactful and that's what they're they're doing here and it will actually very much help them to be able to to save the nation of Jerusalem and to save the Jews You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And it has come time for us to give our answers to our quiz questions for today. Please take it away, Lawson. Absolutely. Here we go. Which book of the Bible did Jesus directly write? The answer is none. None. Jesus didn't write any of the books of the Bible. Now, every book of the Bible was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. But there are no books of the Bible that were directly written by Jesus. So sorry if you said any other name uh, other than, uh, or anything other than none, because yeah, there, there, there were none. Mm-hmm. Uh, in what book of the Bible, uh, is God called the Ancients of Days? Now that is in the book of Daniel. Daniel and particularly we see these Amazing scenes of judgment at the, the yeah, end of Daniel time. Nine. And he is called the Ancient of Days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a powerful, powerful story there. What symbolic personal event is described as a death, a burial, and a resurrection? That is the story of 
Baptism. Well, that sorry, that is the the personal event of baptism. Baptism, absolutely. And you know, Paul covers a lot, in, you know, in different places, but Romans particularly, he he does that really well. Can I read a couple of verses from that? Mm. It says in Romans uh, chapter six, you know, verse four. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead from by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we should also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Isn't that fantastic? Mm. I love that, hey? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so have you ever seen it like when, when a pastor's baptizing someone? I recently went to a baptism. And the pastor was actually saying, "Now I'm, be- you know, we're 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 putting you to death, and we're raising you to life." Like, you know, actually using those words from Paul was was really mm. quite significant. It's not always used when it's uh, somebody's being baptized, but yeah, yeah. that's right. I don't want to make uh, don't want to make the crowd crowd too scared of you know maybe the unfortunate results that could I don't th- uh, maybe I don't know if that's ever happened before. But hey, the next question here: What book comes after Acts? It's the Book of Romans that we just read from. That's yes. Right, that we were just reading from, and it's kind of it's it's really cool because well, Romans is we close off the book of of Acts with mm. Paul in Rome. The book of Romans mm. was written to Rome before Paul that's arrived right. there. When you know that's covered in the book of Acts, so it's it's awesome to see. Oh, the, these are these are his thoughts towards Rome, and then he finally makes it there. And it's unfortunately at Rome where he would meet his you know his death his mm. martyrdom but yeah powerful stuff and book of romans of course being one of paul's most clear explanations of the gospel speaking to the the jews and the the gentiles there in rome and saying okay he, he guys here is what it is nice mm. and clear yeah yeah looking at salvation and faith and grace and the importance of those doesn't he absolutely mm. then finally here true or false the bible says that jesus was born in december and the answer there is False. No, he wasn't born in December. <laughs> this is a, a very solid historical fact. And it's, it, this is something that we've talked about here on the show before. It's like, okay, well, then why do we celebrate it on the 25th of December? There is some some pagan origin and some pra- pagan rebranding for Christmas that came about as a result of, you know, the, the, the use of the event, you know, by the Catholic Church and whatnot. But the thing is, so we know that Jesus was born sometime earlier than December. But also, and we know that because, of course, the stories, the narratives tell us in the Bible that the shepherds were out in the fields. That's right. And at that time of the year, they would not have been out in the fields. It would have been yeah. way too cold. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And we see here that, well, ultimately, despite, you know, that this, he wasn't born in December, we have a time in which we can talk about Jesus, in which we can share spiritual ideas with people, and they're more open than any other time in the year to come to an understanding of, of yeah, who Jesus is when he was born, where he came from, and, and the amazing things that they, that he has done for them. Mm-hmm. And guys, the focus is about the event more so than the date. That's right. Mm. Absolutely. Hey guys. Again, congratulations for answering questions. Maybe incorrect. I, I think you know, so amazing and many correct answers there. So great 
work on that. We've come to the end of our show once again all too quickly. And we want you, yeah, stay online, of course, listening to, um, you know, Tassie Encounters come on and a range of other shows throughout the day. So keep on listening to Faith FM. We thank you that you've been listening to The Brecky Show today. But before we're going to go, we're going to give you a free giveaway. What is our free book to give away for today, Lawson? So I got a book called Prophets and Kings that I want to give oh, absolutely for free. It's amazing, particularly because it covers this era of history regarding oh, yes. the, the exile from Jerusalem yeah. when the Jews spent their time there. So Prophets and Kings, it's an amazing book. It's a commentary. It's a history book regarding you know these situations, especially that Esther found herself in and yeah, Esther, Nehemiah, you can see, yeah, the work of the prophets, the work of the kings throughout, you know, uh, the unfortunate decline of Israel and then Judea and Jerusalem. And then it's, well, it's reestablishing before Jesus would come back. Now, this book is fantastic. We want to give it to you absolutely for free. All you have to do is text book to 0491064669. Text book to that number and we'll give it to you for Free zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to text this morning. Absolutely. And we want to wish you a really super day, but before you go, we want to leave you with a verse of hope from Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Hope is such an important thing for us in every in every way, isn't it? And so yeah, the great thing is, you know, God wants us to abound in hope. So trust in him. Remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.